Welcome to A Canadian Investing in the U.S., a podcast and YouTube channel focused on Canadians buying real estate with host Glenn Sutherland. Welcome to another episode of A Canadian Investing in the U.S. This week, my guest is Brent Green and Ali Ajami. Uh, these are, this is my CPA team that does everything in the U.S. for me, uh, you know, set up the corpse, give me the advice to set up the right things. Let's do, we've had you on the show a few times. We'll do a quick intro and then we'll, uh, we'll get into our topic. Yeah. Um, Ali Ajme, I'm sure uh, a lot of you guys have seen us on uh, uh, Glenn's previous podcasts. Um, and uh, this is uh, going into year four of Global Tax Services um, with almost 10 years experience. Um, we uh, are specializing in uh, Canadian investors, um, um, investments, whatever you guys need, we're here for you. Uh, Brent? Yeah, I'm Brent Green. I'm uh, Ali and, I, and I've been working together for quite a while before we partnered up like four years ago. Yep. And uh, I have about 20 years experience doing corporate and uh, international tax uh, through large, a lot of larger firms. And before I decided to uh, branch out on our own in the last few years. So. Yeah, correct me if I'm wrong when I say this, but you guys used to work for another company and you ran like the foreign national program for that company, right? Foreign taxes, right? And then you uh, basically, you you guys branched out to do your own. And what these these guys are what are the backbone of how this whole thing works. Um, On my, I guess it's on my email. I get a lot of emails recently of people asking how to get their money out of the corporations, LPs, LLCs. How do you, how do I actually get this money out? So if you are set up with your real estate in a corporation in the U.S. or a Canadian corporation, to take your money out, you're subject to double taxation, unfortunately. So Canadians have a special rate. It's normally 30% of the money that you take out. So say your entity made $50,000, well, you would have to pay corporate taxes on that. And anything that you take out, you would have to pay 15%. So you have to report that and take it out. Now, if you're set up with a structure where the Canadian corporation owns the US corporation that owns the real estate, you're lucky because you're subject to no taxation on your distributions. So up to $500,000. So if you make $500,000 and you start paying 5%, so you're in good shape. So we, we recommend that double structure where you've got your Canadian corporation owning your U.S. corporation if you're going to set up a corporation structure what, like that. You say no tax, but are they going to be paying tax to Canada? They will be paying taxes in Canada, but not yeah. in the United States. Okay. Just wanted to make sure that was clear. It's really hard but to get away with no tax. You do, if you're a Canadian or U.S. or British citizen, you're going to be paying tax on worldwide income. So, so while we're talking about these C corps, um, why would people use these C corps? Uh, you know, if they're going to get this double taxation. Well, anonymity for one, they don't want people to know who they are. Yeah. Um, it's it's a pretty robust liability protection. And uh, another reason, they already have a Canadian corporation set up, so they don't have to set up another structure. Um, Because typically, if you set up a limited partnership, you've got to set up an an LLC and 
as a general partner. So you had to have two entities that you have to record, you have to report on each year. And the corp, it's just simpler. Yep. Okay. Yeah. In, in my head, I'm going, it might make sense too if you're like running some sort of business where you're not actually taking any money yourself. If you actually, are, you're, the money just uh, say you're flipping or something, and you, but you're not actually using, you know, you're not personally taking any money out of the company. Yeah, that's typical. Let, there let it roll and roll. Yeah. So that's that, right. Yeah. If you're just leaving it in there for five years and you're just trying to accumulate yeah. at that point, then you can start distributing. Okay. Uh, that's a good, good structure to have. It's simpler. There's less, uh, less compliance, cheaper in that end. So, so when you're doing, um, taking money out of a C corp, um, if you just had it just the C corp without the Canadian side to it, you just do a regular dividend distribution. It's a dividend money. distribution, correct. Yeah, so you'd pay dividend taxes and then you would yes. pay taxes again personally for receiving that money, right? That's, That's where the double tax comes in, right? Yes. And that would probably be the same still, even if you had the Canadian corp over top of it, right? Because you're gonna be, That's when you pull it out, treatment. yeah. Yeah, it'll just be on the other side, on the Canadian yeah. side instead of the US side. Okay. Yeah. All right, uh, so that's kind of covering the C-Corps. What about if you're using an LLC structure or an LP structure? How would that change? I'll let Ali handle this one. <laughs> yeah, well, with, with the LP structure, and take, I mean, you can take your money out without being taxed at a dividend rate because you're already paying taxes on the personal level. So the way it works is the LP generates a K-1 and you're owning the LP as a limited partner under your personal name. So the K-1 will flow through to your personal, which is a 1040 NR return, and you're going to be paying the personal tax rate um, and whatever that, you know, varies from year to year, but it stays pretty similar. It goes for ranges from 10, 12, um, 18, 22. Um, we could provide you with the breakout to the tax brackets. Yeah, so it's a little more favorable uh, on that side of things. There's more compliance, so you have to do you have to do personal returns as well right. as a say you have two partners and you have to do a partnership return. You have to do personal returns. You have to get obtain an I-10 and that sort of thing. Whereas you get the you have the corporation, you don't need to get an I-10. You don't need an I-10. And what an I-10 is for majority of. Uh, potential investors that don't know it's equivalent to social security for non-residents. Yep. So sort of a substitute in order to do personal taxes. Um, right. And the one thing that I really confused me whenever I first started uh, investing in the States, when I was listening to podcasts and they were talking about the LLC flow through or the LP flow through is to kind of explain it. It's that you, the, your corporation, it's not really like a corporation. It's kind of like a, a protection shield, but the money is going right through as if it's personal money, right? So you're, you're paying personal taxes. You can just write yourself a check from the corporation or the, you know, the corporate bank account because it's, yes. it's, it's not, it's, it's personal. It's treated like personal money more than corporate money. And that's what hung me up because I was so used to talk, thinking dividends and other things like that. <laughs> yeah. So uh, just to try and explain that to people, because some people, especially when you get new people that are starting to join the show. So uh, we're getting into this tax season. Well, for one thing, we don't even know when tax season starts this year. So uh, although non-residents are not due till June anyway, 
uh, except for the states are due earlier. So whatever the state deadline is, and some of the states will push their deadline back. So, I mean, we don't want to push anyone back, but we just want to let you know that you don't have, you know, maybe not have to rush and, and feel so bad about that. Uh, as far as the tax structures and all that stuff, we don't anticipate anything changing for this year. Although we have a new administration in and a new Congress, so we might have a tax might have a tax increase, but I think that would hit 2022. I don't think they'd be able to get that in for this year, or for 2020 for sure or not. In 2021, I doubt it very much that there'll be any changes whatsoever. So we just need the same typical like uh, paperwork that we need uh, every year. So far, no changes. Right. And as when you're mentioning like IRS law changes, basically anything at the IRS right now, it is not running quickly due to uh, the COVID. Yeah. If you're trying to get your items, I don't even know what the turnaround time is or the uh, set up a corporation. I know it's much slower than what we used to have a year ago or two years ago. Um, I don't even know. Do you guys know what the kind of yeah, turnarounds? So yeah, I, I, I tend on a, in a normal uh, on a normal time frame basis is four to six weeks. Right now, we have items that we sent out in September, and we still haven't received uh, completed numbers for our um, clients. And then when we're talking about structures, states are responding back within a week. Yeah, but it's the EIN, which is the tax ID for you know, the corporation, the LP, the LLC that are taken at least 30 to 45 days. How many did you have at one time that you were waiting for? Oh, at one point I had about 61. Oh, geez. Yeah. And you know, from I know. <laughs> yeah, you know, <laughs> probably a couple like, of them were mine. <laughs> yeah. Some of them were yours. I think at one point we, I had about six that were yours and yeah, like, you know, <laughs> I would call them and they don't, they're not even being processed at the moment, you know, so I just kind of like, okay, here it is. So, I mean, what people don't, I don't understand is the IRS, when we had the lockdown, they can't work remotely, especially these, uh, so yeah. they have to be in the office. So, you know, think about walking in, you know, into an office and just piles and piles of applications stacked up and nobody's even looking at them. Literally like six, seven months worth of work. It'd right. Like when you walk into on your desk. I mean, I feel bad for them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. And like for, um, we're talking about the EINs and the timelines for EINs. Uh, what EINs, well, maybe I'll let you ask you that as a question for you. Like, what are EINs? useful for what do people need these eins for that they like, yeah. so go ahead sorry. well typically it, it, it's it's called an employer identification number but really it's a tax id number typically yeah. companies have employees that's the main reason that you need that is because you have to file payroll and payroll taxes and that sort of thing but but for any type of tax filing you have to have a tax id number yeah, and from, from our perspective, like as uh, investors uh, investing in the U.S., what we need these EIN numbers for is to set up bank accounts. Correct. And if we are doing financing on a purchase, they're going to want the EIN to do the financing for the purchase. If you want to buy yeah. in cash, the quick return from the state, that is fine. 
they they're right. completely if they can search it on their uh, the state site and see that your corp is existing and in good standing <clears throat> they can set you can do a cash purchase but this is what's going to slow you down if you're trying to close with financing is you need and typically you're going to want a bank account because you're commingling funds then. yes if you, if you have a company and you're you're taking money out into a personal account basically you've opened yourself up to liability so yes. you have to have if you have a company that owns real estate then you need a bank account yeah. yep and so the if you get maybe you can correct me if i'm doing this completely wrong but if you get stuck and you can't get this in time like you could i've done is just send money straight to title for to close the properties and then i'll just be like property manager just hold the money until i have my bank account set up and then you can put it in and then you can yeah, put it in because they're always happy to hold money right <laughs> yeah, yeah. i don't want to hold money for you yeah so just whether you get it back or not yeah <laughs> if you don't usually in the property management portals if you don't fill anything sure. in they can't make any deposits so it's just going to accumulate and your, your statements will show that they have exactly. a, a balance and exactly. you wait a little bit and then they'll finally transfer it to you yeah and so that's that's what i've done in the past is to because we get hung up on these things and a lot of times we're doing renovations anyway so it's you know, it doesn't, <laughs> we're, we're not getting rent off the start anyway exactly well i would say keep in mind that you're also subject to state tax, depending on what state your property is in. Yes. So one of the misconceptions that we get is that people set up, say, a Wyoming LLC, and they think that, oh, Wyoming doesn't have an income tax, so I don't have to pay income tax on my real estate income. You pay income based on the state that you're in. So it doesn't matter where your LLC is and it's still your LLC would need to be registered in the state that you do business in for you to have legal standing. So you don't you want to be very careful about that because otherwise you, you can't sue anybody. You you could be sued, but you can't sue anybody. Interesting. And so now that we're talking about that sort of side of it, so if you're in operating in one of those states, uh, I think Florida is be one of them that doesn't have a state tax. Um, do you not have to pay tax because it doesn't have a state tax or you, do don't, you, still... pay, you don't pay state income tax in Florida? Nope. So just the, the just the, the just federal. federal. Yeah. Right. Okay. So how it much of the savings? A tax, so Florida does have a corporate tax, but if you owned an LLP or personally LLC, you don't have, you know, have income tax in Florida or Texas or Washington or several other states. But if you, but, but if you own a property, if, if your entity is in Florida and you own a property in Michigan, there's state tax because gotcha. you're generating income. And it's a Michigan. You pay Michigan. You pay tax. Michigan tax. Yeah. Okay. And you, better, and you better register your entity in Michigan, or you have no legal standing. Now, what if you had, say, like a Wyoming or a Delaware uh, mm -hmm. corp that then was operating in Florida? Would you have to pay the? I don't know if Delaware has <laughs> state tax or Wyoming. No, it doesn't either. Okay. <clears throat> And how much of a savings is it by do operating in a no tax state? Like, how are you compared to, so if you're operating in Florida versus Ohio or Michigan or something like that? Well, Ohio or Michigan are not bad. They're okay. four to 5%. Okay. California's up to 13%. New York and New York City together are 15%. Ooh. New Jersey is about 7-8%. Illinois is about nine, eight, 9%. So, Huh. Okay. So it's, a, it's an interesting thing to, to think about that they add on. 
because uh, in yeah, all I mean, honesty, the, the biggest for the Ontario investors, the biggest, you know, the closest states are Michigan and New York, upstate New York, right? And that's, those are the most popular states to go into. Upstate New York's beautiful. Yeah. So, right. <laughs> so, but you might be getting, what did you say, 15% in additional? So if you're in New York City and New York, so yeah. it's about 10% for New York and about 5% for New York City. Okay. So like for the, like the more common in people who are investing in, um, you know, Buffalo or Niagara Falls or over there, that would, what, what level is that at? It'd be lower than about that. 10%. Probably 10%. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's usually a trade-off because <laughs> the states that have a high income tax are high in demand. So you're more likely to, you know, make more return anyway. Yep. And then, you know, it's a trade off. Like you said, it's a trade off. So, <laughs> yeah. And like for me, because I'm operating in some of the Midwest and I'm also in Florida now. Um, and literally to operate in Florida over, you know, uh, Michigan or Missouri or Ohio or Indiana, you're literally the purchase prices are double for the exact same house, double or triple, depending where they're sitting in Florida, the, the prices. And just to keep that in mind. Plus, <laughs> you're further away. And if you want to look at your property, you got to travel. But so. I think as Canadians, no one has, uh, well, once Corona and all this COVID stuff is done, no one has a problem traveling to Florida. Anyway, I think that, I think we covered a lot. And once again, thanks so much for coming on the show, Brent and Allie again. This is uh, of a pleasure. We even went on to a little bit tangent, which, uh, Help me! I learned a couple of things every every time we talk. I get a couple of more things out of it, so it's, it was great. I think a lot of people will get some value out of it. Um, if uh, people are uh, looking to use your services, they're looking for uh, an accountant that can do cross border stuff, set up corporations, bookkeeping, tax accounting, probably other stuff. Uh, how do they get a hold of you? Yeah, you can uh, go onto our website at gtservicescpa.com. Our contact information is on there, uh, phone number. We got a company email, shoot us an email. We'll get back to you guys within, you know, six to eight hours. Turnaround time is fairly quick and uh, uh, we can set up a call and go from there. We'll see if uh, we're a good fit for you guys. And um, yeah. That's one thing we, we pride ourselves on. We're very responsive. So yeah, even if we can tell you, look, we can't help you right this minute, but we acknowledge and we appreciate you getting back to us and we can set up a time. Well, definitely we don't sit there and wait for weeks before we get back to you. I know I, we hear that a lot from other accountants like, oh, the guy never even got back to me. It's right. like, that's just common courtesy. So that's one of our, you know, firm standards that we, we adhere to. So it's usually yeah. same day. And I don't know if this is just a thing you guys do for me, but um, they do do a quick coaching or not coaching call, but a quick call to, you know, to see if it uh, is a fit, um, yep. I don't know, five minutes yeah. or something just to, to touch base and see if you guys would work together. And um, at least for me, they don't charge, uh, you don't have a retainer. You have to keep no. with, with no. the company, which I, whenever I was talking to accountants in the States, some, especially as a Canadian with, when you're starting and you have no presence, some of them are asking for these retainers and it, it's expensive and it makes, it, it makes you guys look so much better in comparison because you don't have to drop a huge amount of money just to sit there for future <laughs> tax planning and tax stuff, which is really helpful, especially when you're starting. You'd rather have that money in a property. 
Well, we'd rather spend the 15, 20 minutes up front and see if it's a fit. Yeah. And then go from there. And they said, we know, and then we both know pretty much what we want to do. And then from there, we, we move on and see what we can do. So, yeah. And, you know, like you said, free 15, 20 minute consultation. And then uh, we don't, even if you become a client, we don't charge you for phone calls and emails and, you know, uh, we guide you through the whole year yeah. and our fee is just going to be fees for the service that we're performing. Your deliverables basically. Right. Yep. And the rest is, you know, if you call <laughs> me every day, that's another thing. Right? <laughs> 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 but, but I mean, you know, within reason, uh, we, we, you know, we're, we are more than happy to talk to anybody anytime. Yep. Totally agree. Very helpful, guys. And yeah, they've helped a lot of listeners from this show. <laughs> and I'm sure there'll be lots more. All right. Thanks so much for coming on the show, guys. I really appreciate your time. Take care. Of course. Thank you.